0: welcome back to another episode of That Marriage Podcast. Today we are tackling a big issue in marriage to say the least is conflict resolution and we're actually going to end up splitting this into two parts because it is so complex. And so I guess the big question is how can we engage in healthy but difficult conversations with our spouse?
1: to actually address this issue it is, like you said is so complex and so broad um we we just kind of have to first make the decision do we want to do this or not is this something that i want to dive into you know if 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 it's something that you're going to think ah oh, this is not worth it then m- maybe you shouldn't do it, <laughs> if that makes sense. Um, but actually, I'm uh, I'm just going to write out from the, from the get-go, there's some awesome resources on this. Uh, there's a great, excellent book um, called The Peacemaker. Uh, highly recommend that. We're going to put down the show notes. But one that's kind of an abbreviated form of that is called Resolving Everyday Conflict. It's probably um, 120 pages or so. So you can probably get what The Peacemaker book, which is like about 300 some pages get in 120, but uh, both, both books are great. There's many more, uh, that I can probably recommend. We'll probably add those in the show notes as well. Um, but one thing that I love about Peacemaking, uh, Peacemaker is this illustration that they call the slip, uh, slippery slope, and in this slope is kind of like a, an arch, uh, semicircle. And on your far left, you have um <clears throat> escape responses so being very passive and then on your far right you have attack responses which would be aggression uh, and then the middle is what they call peacemaking uh, so we're gonna try to really focus just on the middle part where obviously we don't want to be on either extreme uh so the first one is escape responses i just want to mention real quick something i loved uh, that resolving everyday conflict summarizes it is escape responses are really peace faking responses you're trying to make things look good when they aren't and let's just be honest there are many times in marriages that that's what we do we try to pretend that things are very well but they're very very bad
0: and i think that's that's especially now with the age of social media where everything supposedly is so transparent But realistically, even the self-deprecating posts or the to-be-honest posts kind of end up being a highlight reel of, I'm in a dark spot, but I'm confessing it to the world because I'm not alone. And that's okay, but even still that's not giving a script of the screaming match you had with your spouse.
1: <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it's so true. I, I've, there's many times where at least I've sat next to you, Jessica, looking through Facebook and I kind of see one of those posts and I just chuckle because I know that life wasn't that good. Um, and many times that's what we do, you know, and, and it's very unfortunate. Um, but to, to get to the other side on the right side of this kind of semi-circle, um it's the attack responses and the way they it up uh summarize it is attack responses are peace breaking. Uh so on the one side you're peace faking, the other one you're peace breaking and uh you're essentially sacrificing your spouse to get what you want. Uh that's kind of a morbid it's such a destructive way of viewing it. Uh where on the one side I just want to put the mask and be happy, you know, come to church, you're, all dressed up and all happy and giggly. But 10 minutes ago in the car, you just literally blasted your spouse or your children or whatever it might have been. But uh, that's your, your escape response. But then attacking is just full on steamroller, I do not care, a wrecking ball into someone's life so I can get what I want.
0: And sometimes the pendulum will swing to one extreme to the other, just like you said. Like you'll be in the car screaming at each other, but then you put on this persona—absolutely of everything is fine—and um, that that affects you in a marriage. And when you try to resolve conflict, um, yeah.
1: And, and the, the wonderful thing that I that I like about this this illustration is that in the middle, then you get. I, I'm a preacher, so I love. Uh, I love when when I have this. Beautiful, nicely packed content. And here they give us the four G's of peacemaking. The first one is go higher. The second one, get real. The third one, gently engage. And the fourth, get together. So let's unpack those. Uh, Jessica, why don't you take the first one?
0: Okay, so go higher. And that's. it seems like it should be so easy, but sometimes it can be difficult when you're in the middle of things putting God into your situation. So how do I glorify God? In the conflict, we get stuck in going back and forth and back and forth and back and forth. And we never stop and look to God to see where is he in this situation? And there's a few things we can do. The first one is to overlook the offense. Which is not necessarily just giving up or putting on that fake persona, but it's an active choice. And sometimes it is the easy choice because you realize this isn't something that God wants me to fight over. Mm -hmm. This isn't a battle that he would want me to choose. And I think that's something that we had to learn in marriage fairly quickly. I think we caught on to it. Um, But it's, it's not worth the fight every single day to talk about who didn't do the dishes or whatever didn't get done or things that were a mistake. It's not worth harping on. And there are still times when I will make the active decision to just let something go because it's not worth the fight. Is it? It's not going to make me feel better to argue about it. I don't think it would make Joe feel better to argue about it. The argument is not going to bring us to a different place in our marriage. And the argument is not going to glorify God, even though it gets resolved, so to speak. Mm-hmm. And so... Sometimes it's easier to just overlook the offense. Sometimes you can step back and realize, "Wow, that person made a mistake and it affected me negatively, but it wasn't something they were doing to attack me." And that's that's a that's a big thing to come to in marriage sometimes. It's hard to do to just kind of set aside your feelings completely and just say, "You know what, God, just take this anger from me because it's I know it's not worth it to you." For, for me to put this stumbling block in my marriage over this little thing,
1: yeah, it it does become really hard um, at times. Um, it's but when I remember reading this for like, this this concept and and even in class, uh, I remember at Southern Avenue University we had a a class on interpersonal skills and conflict resolution and this was the one that really just kind of smacked me upside the head because it really made me stop looking at me as a victim and started looking at God and how is it that he now deals with everyone else if that makes sense and that I guess it, it was more like okay I'm taking off the joe glasses and putting on jesus glasses and see how is it that he's looking at the situation um and it, it it demands a lot it you have to work so hard at that but i think that once you enter into that place it it might not seem easy in the beginning um but i know that in the long run it's like wow yeah that was the best best thing
0: and this is very different from letting things go and letting it build. Yes. You have to actually let it go. You can't say, "Oh, I'm not going to make a big deal about it. Oh, I'm not going to let a make a big deal about it. Oh, I'm not going to make a big deal about it." And then you explode. You don't want to bottle these things up. It's you have to genuinely say this is this is a non-issue and I'm going to give it to God and that's going to be the end of it. You can't bring up old emotions in a current argument Mm. because that you become attacking at that point.
1: That's so wrong and awful to do on so many levels.
0: I mean, if there's a time, there's always a time and a place to have an argument or I guess not have an argument, but have discussions, have difficult conversations. Mm -hmm. And so if something happens in the middle of the day, and you need to have a serious conversation about it, especially now that we have a child. You know, it's important to say, hey, tonight we really need to sit down and discuss yeah. something. Um, Definitely not in front of children. No, don't do it in front of the kids. They don't... They're not responsible for marital or adult problems.
1: They will do that back to you. <laughs> <laughs>
0: um,
1: but we'll talk about parenting in another episode.
0: Um, so, yeah. That's not... Don't bottle it up and don't let it burst out. Yeah. If you're genuinely going to make the active choice to overlook something, you need to say, I'm looking past it yeah. and then let it, let it stay in the past.
1: I, I think that in, in order for you, uh, or, or at least for me to know and me telling, um, sharing this with you now, uh, f- there are four questions, you know, is it, Is it damaging my relationship with Jessica? Is, to use uh, the dishes, is the dishes not being washed? Is that damaging my relationship with Jess in order for me to now pursue an engagement on this? Or would it be better for our relationship for me to just swallow up my pride and just wash the dishes, even though I thought and assumed and uh, swear that it was Jessica's turn to do it? Um, is it hurting other people? So is it hurting Lena? Is is our daughter being hurt by this, or is it hurting Jessica? Or more importantly, is it a dishonor, or is it like this big breaking of the law of God? And all of a sudden, you're like sinning. And when you put the dishes up against those four questions, it's easy to see. Yeah, you know what? It's, it's so easy. So significant. Yes, it's better for me to just go out and do the dishes. Uh, and just let it go, not even bring it up. Not even like, oh yeah, no, I'm gonna put this on a chick, uh, you know, like little remind note or something uh, to bring it up.
0: And again, this this doesn't mean, oh well, I'm doing I'm doing the dishes and I shouldn't let I shouldn't be angry about it. If you're angry about doing the dishes because you had come to an agreement that so and so would do dishes on Monday, Wednesday, Friday, and someone else would do it Tuesday, Thursday, Saturday and someone isn't following through with that commitment then absolutely have that conversation don't attack about it don't don't let it bottle up but definitely have definitely have that conversation about how a commitment isn't being fulfilled it's not about the dishes about the, at that point it's about the commitment that was agreed upon and that that's not being fulfilled understand what is what is actually being argued?
1: Those, those are worth pursuing.
0: Well, and I think it's important to ask yourself the question, what is the conflict? Yes. Is the conflict the dishes or the, is the conflict the commitment? There you go. because you you're going to resolve whatever the conflict is.
1: Yeah, you, so, so the fight shouldn't be the dishes.
0: Exactly. Now, if you want to fight about commitment, go go for it. <laughs> yeah. Well,
1: and I think that once you once you address the commitment part, I think it takes a whole different form as well, because now it's not so much of an argument, but rather a revisit. Hey, uh, Jessica, I think we we need to just kind of go back on on some of our uh, commitment on chores in the house.
0: Yeah, and you're not you're not going to someone and saying you didn't do the dishes. Yeah. That I mean. No one wants well, no one wants to argue about dishes.
1: Oh my goodness, I had that while I was growing up. Yeah, no, I don't want to have that. No one wants <laughs> to argue about the
0: dishes. But if your spouse comes to you and says, We really need to talk about you know, whatever it is. The, the commitment to taking on different roles in the house and things like that, that's an easier conversation to have than saying you didn't do the dishes.
1: Yeah. And and maybe it might be where, um, you know, I guess a compromise at, at that point, you know, probably say, hey, you know, I, I think I'll pick up, I'll do all the dishes uh, if you can do this, you know, like, you can do a trade, a swap, or something. I don't know. You, you can find so many creative ways and actually not have to fight over the dishes. Absolutely. Um, now, if the situation escalates where now you need to make this uh, confrontation, now let's say let's keep using this illustration. So now you're going in with, uh, okay, now we need to address our our commitment, our chores, and our how we're how we're dividing our house duties and roles. The first thing. Uh, which is the second G but, but the first thing that you should do is get real you need to get real with yourself um, you need to own your part in, your, in the conflict and I've heard this saying so many times in my life because my mom always said it to me when I had a fight with my brother it takes two to dance now I know the saying goes tango but we don't tango in Puerto Rico we salsa dance uh, <laughs> so it takes two to dance so obviously what she was referring is that well I did something as well maybe he could have taken the whole you know he was the reason for the problem but there was something that I contributed to this as well um and I think it's it it was powerful I, I just have to quote it because it was so good um the the authors for resolving everyday conflict just to share a story of a pastor and and um and a parishioner and the pastor told uh this this man he said look you need to pray this prayer lord please open my eyes so i can see how i have contributed to this problem and that is so powerful because i think that many times when we go into the dishes right oh man the dishes are not made again like i just got home it's been a long day and the sink is full all right, Lord, please help me open my eyes so I can see how I contributed to this problem. Oh, half of those dishes were my breakfast dishes that I did not wash, that I could have washed before I left. And probably this household was a total disaster because my child was running rampant.
0: His child. My child. Um. Yeah, and I think that's... That's a big factor. Maybe the dishes weren't done because I was doing the other person's laundry or taking care of something else that was also an agreement or a commitment that wasn't being followed up on, but vice versa. And so that's, you have to look at the whole situation usually there's a little bit of fault on every side. Yeah. And something that's brought up in the book is if I'm only responsible for 2% of the problem, I am 100% responsible for the 2% I contributed to. That is awesome.
1: <laughs> and that's,
0: I mean, talk about owning it. I mean, and if you put it in a, in a positive light, if you're in a group project, and you do all of the work, you want all of the credit. But if you contribute for ten points of ten ten points worth of work and you only get two points, your whole group is gonna look at you and say, What happened to the ten points you were you were supposed to give us? Mm-hmm if you if but if you did all 10 points even though the the grade was still 100 you only contributed 10 points you you won credit for those 10 points you did it you brought that grade from a b to an a so whatever that small percentage is whether it's positive or negative you need to own it yeah and that's i mean whoa mind blown like that's a self-confidence thing too. Like if you're doing something really good, if you're taking care of 52% of the household chores, you're going to make sure your spouse knows it. But if you're taking care of 48% of the household chores, that's still a lot too. And so you have to own it either way.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And and I think this, this um, recognizing that is kind of going with uh, a saying that, that we always throw around, uh, whether you're Christian or not, is uh, Jesus' statement, you know, first take the plank out of your own eye and then take out the speck in someone else's eye. You know, we always talk about that like, oh, you have a log in your eye, you know, and we kind of use this as a, okay, you can't call me out on my stuff. But what Jesus was really trying to say is, hey, you, you need to own up to your own stuff you need to to actually address and say you know what yeah i'm i'm messed up too um i'm jacked up and yeah that 2% yeah that was totally me like i messed up i should have washed those 3 dishes uh, for example in our in our new house we moved we used to have the most amazing sink
0: in the world
1: it was deep it was big. It was wonderful.
0: You could fit a lot of dishes in there.
1: You can fit a whole lot of dishes. So two dishes look like nothing. Yeah. Two dishes in our new place.
0: It looks wow. like you haven't done the dishes for a week.
1: It's awful. So so using that for, an you know, like if I were to walk out in the morning and not do my dishes and I left that. That's gonna look like a lot a of dishes. I sink full of dishes today, yes. basically. You know, so so these these you know it could have been just oh yeah it was just a plate and a mug, but I might have set her up for this like oh my goodness there's just so much dishes and then Lena's running around crazy or I don't know you know it. This is a very real situation. It's very real, actually. Today we I felt like I was triggered the whole day. My child was. was
0: wow toddlerhood is not a joke guys
1: she has not stopped jumping i actually had to even pull out the railing for her crib and say i'm gonna put this up and she's like no i'll stay and sleep
0: (laughs) yeah it was a rough day here so this is this is a good conversation to have (laughs) but once you realize that you're responsible for two percent of that problem you need to say it you need to speak up about it and you need to you need to confess to your spouse or your significant other if you're not married yet this is these are premarital discussions you can have too especially when you're wedding planning goodness gracious Mm. um but you need to address everyone involved and another quote from the book that's Perfectly worded is, your confession should reach out as far as your offense. So if my actions affected Joe and our daughter, I need to apologize to both Joe and our daughter. And not just apologize to Joe because it was mostly on him, but, you know, it kind of affected our daughter too. No, I I need, you need to correct, correct all the wrongs.
1: That's deep. That that's just amazing. Oh man, now I really want to go into parenting. It's oh, so
0: practical, goodness. though. Yes, I mean, if if you're in a car accident and the other person's insurance says, "Well, we'll pay for eighty-five percent of the damages," but you're only going to so you're only going to get eighty-five percent of a good car back. You're not going to get your car back a hundred percent. You're not going to be happy about it. So it's the same way. Those little things will add up the more people you hurt. Mm-hmm. So your confession absolutely needs to reach out as far as your your offense. And when you do it, you need to be mindful. Avoid if, but, and maybe. Uh-oh. And this is something I actually heard a long time ago. You should never say, I love you, but. Oh, because you're basically putting a qualifier on your love for that person. And it's it's easy to say, it's easy to say, I love you, but you're really making me angry.
1: I like you, but... <laughs> yeah.
0: Or if you say, well, this dinner was good, but you, no one ever wants to hear that. And so when you're saying that when you're apologizing, it's important. You don't want to say... I'm sorry, but...
1: Yeah. Or, sorry if I hurt you.
0: I'm sorry if I hurt you. Maybe you shouldn't... (laughs) Maybe you shouldn't make me so mad next time. You, You can't qualify or put the blame back on the other person when you're trying to apologize. And you need to be specific about what you're apologizing for. You know, when you're a kid and your parents say, say you're sorry, and you just say you're sorry and walk away, and you're not really affected by it. But having to look my husband in the eyes and say, I'm sorry that I didn't account for your feelings and my actions. I mean, that's that's a big difference between I'm sorry and I'm sorry that I wasn't looking at you as the person I, as the person God made you to be. I mean that's really what that is and you have to you have to realize you have to acknowledge that they're hurt. And you have to acknowledge that they might still be hurt after you apologize. You have to accept the consequences of of what you did Oof. and ooh big one change your behavior.
1: Uh-oh. Go preach.
0: <laughs> Don't say you're sorry and then keep doing it.
1: Yeah. Absolutely.
0: Actions speak louder than words and that that comes into marital conflicts as well. You can't keep apologizing for the same thing and think your spouse is going to be okay with it. I'm not saying that the person will leave you. I'm not saying that it'll be terrible for your marriage, but it'll be terrible for your spouse. Yeah. And they will... They. They will love you unconditionally. But that deep hurt is going to keep getting deeper. And it will affect your marriage at some point. Yeah, if you maybe, don't change the behaviors after you apologize.
1: They may never leave, but they will definitely resent you.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Um, and ask for forgiveness. Be direct about it. Say, I, I want you to forgive me. I understand this might take you time to forgive me i understand that i i did i hurt you and i was wrong but i do want you to forgive me and i'm willing to change my behavior for that mm-hmm. and i'm willing to give you the time to heal to get to that point point. and you you have to do it you 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 can't just you can't just say i'm sorry and walk away your marriage is not going to th- you might survive your marriage but you're not going to thrive
1: yeah and and that's Paul addresses this issue so well uh, in his letters to the Corinthians, and he says that if things if things are bad, you know, if if separation needs to happen, do it. You know, do it for a time, but then come back. You know, do whatever you can to to bring healing to that relationship, but don't just stay and like.
0: Don't just become stagnant yeah, just don't
1: <laughs> I've I have seen so many marriages that are just you definitely can tell they're so callous they're so dry within themselves and it's because they just couldn't deal with communicate they just couldn't resolve that conflict and many of them are simply because the dishes weren't done
0: absolutely. So we're going to end here for the first part of this conflict resolution podcast. Um, we'll, We'll have a second part. We'll continue in the next episode with how to gently engage and get together. And we'll conclude this conflict resolution series. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of That Marriage Podcast. And we'll catch you guys next time.